Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. So there are problem people everywhere. You have them at work, you have them at home, you have them at, in your neighbourhood, schools, soccer clubs and at church. What are the most common types of difficult people? So when I'm saying this, you need to look straight ahead, don't look to the left or look to the right. Um, Here they are. The know-it-alls. The passives. They're the nice people on the surface, but you scratch scratch around and you find years of resentment. The dictators. The bossy people of the world. They like to control, intimidate. They drive you crazy. The yes people. They say yes, but then they talk behind your back. The no people. They just keep reducing their world by saying no to everything. The gripers. The critical, negative, judgmental, nothing you do or the government does or the health worker does is any good enough. They see the glass half empty, they never come with solutions, only problems, they blame everyone else and they take, never take responsibility. I always want to send these people to India for about three months. They're talking to me but the back of my head I'm thinking, go and live in India for three months and that'll fix you. Um, then there's the loud mouths. They talk too much. They talk you into surrender. You need an escape hatch. You know, they've been talking about the Queen. And I heard the Queen, they said this about the Queen, that if she got stuck talking to someone that talked too long, she'd play with a ring like this and someone would know to come and rescue her. Um, And then there's the angry people. They are unsafe. You walk on eggshells around them. And then there's the oversensitives. The drama queens and the drama kings, everything's a drama and you think when you talk to them, not again. And then there's the rude, the demeaning, the smart mouth. They've got a sharp tongue. Do you have people in your life like this? Yes, you do. You can't escape difficult people. The only way you can escape difficult people is to go and live on an island, but God doesn't want you to live on an island. God didn't call you to set you and I to safety. He called us to live in a world with difficult people and difficult people give us a great opportunity to grow and become Christ-like. And we need to learn to deal with difficult people because you have difficult people in your world and you also have a degree of difficultness. And if you don't learn to deal with difficult people, two things can happen. You can either withdraw from emotionally connecting with people or you can get hard or you can it can um, consume you so that you never go into your future and you don't want any of these things to happen. All right, so six ways to deal with difficult, pe- difficult people. How to counter the crazies. You ready? You ready? Yes, summer's ready. Praise God. All right, the first one. Refuse to be offended. Don't take things personally. The statistics are that 10% of people aren't going to like you anyway. It wouldn't matter what you do, 10% of people aren't going to like you. Just be the way you walk, the fact that you wear Nike shoes, your hairstyle, that you're an extrovert. There's 10% of people, let me tell you, that you will never, ever win over. So take a breath. That's normal. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, beware when all people speak well of you. I love that scripture. It gives me great comfort. It's actually healthy to have a few people that don't like you. It means that you're making a difference. All right. Remember this. When people are rude, when they're demeaning, when they're difficult, they are revealing not who you are, 
They are revealing who they are. It says all about them, not all about you. So don't be offended. It's not about you. The reality is that there is a lot in life you can be offended about. And there is a lot in life. There is some things in life you should be offended in life. We should be offended in life by the injustices, by poverty, by exploitation, by racism. But when it comes to personal relationships, what does God say? He says, don't be offended. Get over it. Don't take it personally. Your level of maturity is revealed by how easily you get offended. And I want you to remember that because we live in an outrage culture. Everyone's getting outraged. But let me say that that again. Your level of offence with people shows and reveals the level of your maturity or immaturity. If you get offended easily, you are immature. Um, So ask yourself this question. If people insult you, do you insult them back? If they mistreat you, do you mistreat them? If they ignore you, do you ignore them? If you do, and if I do, then we are the same as them. We are no better than them. And this will get tested many, many times in your life. So don't worry. If you didn't pass the test last week, you're going to have another test this week. One of the keys to being happy is developing a tough skin. So I want to say this. You need to have a tough hide, like a rhinoceros, but a tender heart. Most people end up in life with a soft skin, easily offended, but a tough heart. But Jesus wants you to travel through your life and arrive at the end of your life with a tough skin. You don't get offended, but you've got a soft heart. And that's exactly how he was. So a couple of things to help you from not being offended. The first one is ignore it. Turn to the person next to you and say, ignore it. The reality is, the reality is that some people are difficult. Um, and they're not going to change. People change, but not much. That's why we like animals. Proverbs 12 says this. Listen to this. Proverbs 12, 16. A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. Look at underline wise. If you're wise, you will ignore an insult. If you respond to an insult, the scripture says that you're a fool. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. Um, The second key to not being offended with irritating people is to look past their behaviour to their hurt. So people do things for a reason. People hurt you for a reason. Hurt people hurt people. Scratchy people scratch people. So you need to look past their behaviour and realise that there's a hurt there. You don't know their story. In fact, the people we get most offended with and the people we find hardest are the people who we don't know. We haven't heard their story. You know, somebody might flip you the finger or give you a bad time in a cafe, but you don't know what happened to them that morning. They could have had a fight with their partner. They could have just gone into bankruptcy. A kid might have just landed in hospital. You don't know their story. What pressure, what thorn is in their side. The more you understand someone's background, the more grace we will give them and the more slack we will cut them. All right, Proverbs 19 says this. A person's wisdom, a person's wisdom yields patience 
And it is to one's glory to overlook an offence. When you understand someone's background, you can be patient with them and overlook their offence. All right, number two. The first one, refuse to be offended. The second one is, is a real challenge. You ready? Refuse to gossip. Yes, gossip, I said it. When people drive you crazy, what's the first thing you want to do? You want to ring somebody or text somebody and say, hey, Jay, you should have seen Brody. I was just in a meeting with her and she stormed out. She swore at Mindy. But don't, but don't tell anybody. Um, actually, gossip is a form of retaliation. It's I can't, I won't talk to Brody, but I'll talk behind her back and I'll get back at her by not talking straight to her, by, by, but by talking behind someone's back. And gossip is this. Um, gossip is bringing people into an issue so we can feel better about ourselves. Um, gossip is sharing information with someone who is not part of the solution or the problem. And gossip is very destructive. It's very, and it's a big sin. It's right up there. You read the scriptures. It destroys churches. It destroys families. It destroys the best of friends. 1 Peter 3.9 says this, And you should not repay a person evil for evil, neither insults for insults, but to the contrary of these things, give blessings, for you are called to, this, to do this, that you would inherit blessings. So this scripture is saying, act, act in the opposite spirit. You just need to stop. You need to breathe. Shut your mouth, vent, talk to God, but don't gossip. Go to that person. Be brave. It's, this, this isn't about this tonight, but the bravest thing you can do is not triangle communication, but go straight to that person. And the Bible says to treat them in the opposite spirit. Okay, number three, refuse to play their game. Um, by the way, your mouth is also your measure of maturity. That's why in Scripture, James, it says it's a tiny piece of the body, but it steers the whole body and it can corrupt the whole body. So by our mouth, we know our maturity. Number three, refuse to play their game. Destructive, difficult people love to argue, debate. They want to get your attention. We tend to think, if I could clearly... And logically speak to them and say, hey, Carol, do you realise that you're a negative person? I'm sure that Carol would say, hey, Roz, thank you for pointing that out to me. No one has ever pointed that out to me. From now on, I'm not going to be negative, Carol. I'm going to be positive, Carol. Um, but people don't come to their difficulty, difficultness by logical reasoning. They come to their difficultness and being problem people by emotion by sadness, by fear, by anger. So here's some bad news for you. You're not going to be able to logically and reasonably talk them out of it. They didn't arrive there by reason. You're not going to talk them out of it by reason. Jesus was the master of not engaging in the game. There were lots of crazy people during Jesus' life. They were called the Pharisees, the religious people. Um, and they hated Jesus. They were always trying to trap him into saying the wrong thing, questioning, probing. Jesus wouldn't play their game. And also, I'll tell you this, Jesus walked away. So if Jesus couldn't talk them out of it, how on earth do you think you and I are going to talk them out of it? 
But there's one stage in my life in our church, I had a, we had a very difficult person in our world, in my world, <clears throat> very articulate, very sharp-tongued, and I would engage with this person, but one day I had a dream. It's a very interesting dream. It was a spider web, and this person's face was in the spider web. And I woke up and I knew what the Holy Spirit was saying to me. He said, Every time you engage with that person, it's like going into a web, and the web gets all over you and you get all entangled. He said, Don't engage anymore. He said, Politely say hello. But don't engage. Otherwise, you will get sticky web all over you. And you know what I'm talking about. You go away from those conversations and you can still feel the web on you. You only have so much emotional energy. You have to steward your emotional energy and it's not worth wasting your time on people that want to draw you in, hook you in and engage in toxic conversation that they're not going to change. They're not going to change. Jesus didn't engage much with people who weren't going to change and who decided to stay in unbelief. Um, Proverbs, uh, a difficult person uses conflict to get your attention. <clears throat> Everyone has a deep need to be loved and approved and most people, if they can't get approval, that's why we've got to get our approval from God. Your biggest need is personal security and you've got to get that from God. If you don't get it from God, you're going to be trying to get it from lots of other areas, but a lot of people try to get it with attention. They can't get approval, so they try to get attention. You see teenagers doing it all the time. They do weird stuff. People try to get your attention through conflict. And it, never, it used to be okay, but now we've got social media. And people write something extreme on social media. And I know you're like me. You want to react. Don't. Don't react. Because when you react, they think, I got them. They are getting their meaning out of hooking you. They want to hook you and they're not going to change. In fact, all the statistics say that those people on social media, you think you're going to change them by your little comment. They don't change. All right, Proverbs 26 says this, A charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. So this scripture is saying that a quarrelsome person is like kindling strife. Quarrel, quarrelsome people are contagious. Starts with a little fire, one bit of kindling, two bits of kindling, three bits of kindling, and then there's a whole fire. Um, they cause trouble. You know, if you're a business owner, and you will know this if you've got staff, if you've got one quarrelsome person on your staff, they will cause disharmony. And let me tell you, the best thing you can do is get rid of them. Because quarrelsome people bring disharmony and you don't want disharmony on your work, on your team. And you owe it to your team and to your workplace not to have a quarrelsome person. People want to come to work and have a safe environment and have a harmonious environment. Proverbs 22 says this, Throw at the mocker. I'm not just saying it, the scripture's saying. <laughs> Throw at the mocker. Throw at the quarrelsome person. And the fighting goes. Quarrels and insults will disappear because it takes two people to have an argument. So if you walk away, argument's gone. Pastors need to do the same. Paul writes this in Titus. But avoid foolish controversies. 
genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once and then warn them a second time and after that, still engage them, still invite them for tea. The scripture says actually have nothing to do with them. The scripture says, pastors, when you have a divisive person in your church, warn them once or twice and then say, hey, Mary, there's a great church down the road and I think it's going to really suit you. (laughs) Number four, don't cave in. Don't give in to their demands or, um, or get them to manipulate you. You've got to get good at sensing when someone's trying to manipulate you. Love is not allowing people to manipulate you. It's unloving to you. It's unloving to them. It's unloving to to God. It's unchristlike to let people manipulate you. Many believers don't get this. Many Christians think we just gotta lie down, be a doormat, let people walk over you. But Jesus didn't do this. Jesus didn't do that, and there's no scripture in this, the Bible that says, be a doormat. In fact, Romans 14 says this. Paul's speaking to the Romans church. He says this, do not allow, do not allow what you consider good then to be spoken of as evil. So he's saying this, that if you're in a party and someone makes a racist comment, do not allow it. He's saying, speak up. Speak up. If you're at a family function and someone says something derogative about the government or or someone else in your family, he's saying, don't allow it. Speak up. It takes lots of courage. But by letting people speak up, what are we doing? We're letting, letting lots of harmful and lots of gossip and lots of prejudice in our world. Um, all right. Number five, live with boundaries. This is a very big one and it's a lifetime process. But it's very important to live with boundaries. Most people are, have either got boundaries that are too close or too far away. But you have to have boundaries. Boundaries are not letting things in that harm you and, um, prote- and protecting you. And God says, above all, protect your heart. So there's some things in your life you need to protect and no one else will protect them. Only you can protect. So you need to have really good boundaries. And Jesus had incredible boundaries, strong, strong boundaries. Jesus lived a boundaried life. He withdrew from crowds. They'd be talking to him and he'd just walk away. How rude is that? He prioritised who he spent time with. He chose who he spent time with. He gave the least amount of emotional energy to the people who didn't want to grow. He stewarded his emotional and physical energy. You have to steward. Great word on money. You've got to steward your money. You've got to steward your energy. You've got to steward your, your social time. Um, he didn't waste time on those who want to stay in blood. I've said, okay, this, this incredible scripture, Matthew 9. So Jesus is on his way to heal this girl. He knows that's what he wants to do. So in his head, he thinks, I'm not going to get distracted. There will always be something to distract you from your purpose and what God has got for you. And many people who have got an agenda for your life, 
Many people have got an agenda for your life. Unless you put up boundaries, you'll end up living their agenda and not your agenda. Matthew 9 says this, When Jesus arrived at the official's home, he saw the noisy crowd and he heard the funeral music. Get out. That's not very polite, Jesus. Shouldn't you say, please leave the room? <laughs> Get out. You told them. The girl isn't dead. She's only asleep, but the crowd laughed at him. There's that mocking spirit. But he put the crowd outside. Jesus went in. He took the girl by the hand and she stood up. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. Let me ask you this. Do you think he would have been able to do that miracle with the crowd in the room? So what should have he done? <laughs> Spoken the truth and offended the crowd? Or healed the girl? Jesus couldn't do miracles with difficult people and people of unbelief in close quarters. Don't have difficult people in your close spaces. And if right now you're thinking, I've got someone very difficult in my close space, that's all right. But you need to seek wisdom and gradually put them out on the edge so they're not in your close space. Because close people either drain you or put faith into you. And it's so important who you have in your close spaces. Your close spaces will determine your future. And people will either steal your faith or add to your faith. But problem people steal your faith and your future. So you've got to figure out what spaces to keep them in. Um, I'll just say this. If a difficult person is affecting your emotional and mental health, you've got to do somebody. Even if you think it's gutless, you've got to do something. Don't let anyone affect your emotional or your mental health. Your emotional and mental health and your physical health is really important. So adjust your spaces, go and see a counsellor and put boundaries in. That's why, you know, when I was a teacher, the one thing I didn't cope with, I had zero tolerance for bullying. I hate bullying. I hate bullying. I hate what it does to kids. I hate it when schools let it happen and are tolerant of it. You know, we're saying we're having a tolerant society, but we've got to be intolerant of bullying. Speak up if you see bullying. Um, all right, guidelines. Here's a few guidelines I'm going to read out um, for angry people. You've got to put guidelines in your world if you've got angry people in your world. <laughs> Here they go. Realise that the person who is angry at you, for, so when you set a boundary with an angry person, usually they react. They don't usually go, oh, thank you for setting that boundary. Yes, I'm not going to speak like that any, anymore. I'm only going to speak respectfully. Um, okay, so realise that the person who is angry at you for setting boundaries is the one with the problem. You're not the one with the problem. You are allowed to set a boundary. View anger realistically. Anger is only a feeling inside the other person. It cannot jump across the room and hurt you. Do not let your anger be a cue for you to do something. Do not let anger be a cue for you to do something. People without boundaries respond automatically to the anger of others. Make sure you have your support system in place. If you're going to set some limits or boundaries with a person who has controlled you with anger, you need to talk to someone and have a support system first and make a plan. You say to somebody, hey, I'm going to send the text. I've done that. 
I've done that before. Other people have done it to me. Hey, Roz, I'm going to send this text. What do you think? Or this is the statement. What do you think? Because you don't want any emotional wake. You know, you don't want to give a boundary and have all this emotional baggage. You just want to speak the truth in love and set the boundary and not budge and not feel guilty. Um, do not allow the angry person to get you angry. Keep a loving stance while speaking the truth in love. Be prepared to use physical distance and other limits that enforce consequences. If you keep your boundaries, those who are angry at you will have to learn self-control for the first time instead of other control. All right, and the last one, always take the high ground. Romans 12, 14, all these scriptures in Romans says this, bless those who persecute you. Bless the difficult people. Take out the word persecute and put the difficult people in. Bless those difficult people. Don't curse them. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honourable. Do things, um, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, dear Macquarie, never take revenge. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. If someone insults me and I insult them back, what have I done? I've just added more evil to the world. But if I can absorb it and bless them back, I've taken a little bit of the evil and the sadness out of the world. Do the right thing. If they insult you, treat them with kindness. If they being unloving, be loving. If they are resentful, forgive them. Take the high ground. Jesus always took the high ground. You can't control what people say or think about you. You can't control it. You know, people, when you're a leader, when you're a senior pastor, people say and think things about you all the time. Imagine if I ran after everybody, they're driving home in the car, and I said, excuse me, excuse me, Brody, don't say that about me. Imagine how much emotional energy I would have if I tried to stop people talking about me or saying things. I can't, but there's one thing, and you can't either. People are going to say things about you. Let me tell you this. People are going to misunderstand you. They're going to mistreat you, and they're going to say things that are unfair about you. You can't control it, but there's one thing you can control, 100%, how you respond, how you react. You can respond with grace, kindness, and that pleases God. Proverbs 16.7 says this, When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. So you can give someone a smile, and that's God. You know, when God sees you take the high ground, when God sees you forgive, when God sees you, when someone gossips about you and says something mean about you, but you speak highly of them, you put a smile on God's face, and God will reward you. Let me just say this. It's easy to love lovely people. It's easy for me to love Robbie because she's lovely. She's generous. She's honest. She's kind. But is that really a test? It's easy for Brody to love me. <laughs> it's not really a test, is it? It's only a test 
And we only grow, we only become Christ-like when we love people that aren't lovely, when we love people who are different and difficult and problematic. So you have to, I want you to navigate. I'm going to ask the musos to come up. You need to navigate this and you will navigate it for the rest of your life and you will think you've met, just met the most difficult person in your world and you won't have. You'll meet somebody else because we live in a broken world. And until the day you die, you will have broken people in your world. But what, guess what happens when you get to heaven? You won't have to pass the test anymore. And you think, gee, if only I'd pass the test a bit better on earth. So pass the test. Bring glory to Christ. Be Christ-like. How did Jesus say that they'll know we're Christians? By acting in the opposite spirit. Jesus acted in the opposite spirit in the, at the cross. You know, when the, when the guy came to take him and imprison him and Peter cut off his ear, the guy's coming to take Jesus and crucify him. Jesus' mate, Peter, cuts off his ear. I think, good on you, Peter, cut off the other one. But Jesus doesn't do that. He picks up the ear. And he heals the man. And you and I have been called to heal. To heal. This world needs healing. Your words, your hugs, your smiles, your cash, your being quiet, your boundaries will bring healing. Just close your eyes. I want you to think, if someone's eating you up, it's eating you up on the side, on the inside, someone, I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up. I just want you to have a moment with God. Or someone's behaviour is affecting your joy. Don't let people steal your joy or steal your peace. In fact, they don't steal your peace and joy. You give it. No one can take it. You give it away. Or it's stealing your emotional health. Is there someone in your life that's doing that? So just have a moment with God. And right now, I want you to get a strategy or I want you to let it go. You need to put a boundary in. You need to see a professional counsellor. You need to speak up or you need to let it go. But if you don't make a decision now and get a strategy now, you like what James said, in the scripture, he said, you listen to the word, but you don't, you're not going to put action on it. So Jesus, I pray right now, in this place, as we think of those people who you love, give us a strategy. Give us a follow-up. Give us an action step. We want to glorify you, God. We want to glorify your name. We want the image of Christ to be in us. And while every eye is closed, if you've never received Christ and you want to receive Christ, you know, this world is full of broken people and you and I are broken also. But God wants to bring restoration in your life and the way He brings restoration is His Spirit coming and living in you. So while every eye is closed, if you 
tonight would like to receive Christ into your life, I want you to put your hand up and say, Ros, that's me. Would you pray for me tonight? Anyone here tonight, you say, Ros, that's me. Pray for me. I want to receive Christ into my life. Great. Thank you. Thanks, church. Thanks, Jay. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.